Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Jim Harris. Jim is a certified master athletic administrator and he's the coordinator of athletics and student activities at TC Williams High School. That may sound familiar to uh, a lot of you uh, in Alexandria, Virginia. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jake, for having me. Yeah, I was just telling somebody the other day, uh, you know, one, uh, I guess, unintended consequence is a uh, buzzword now, but uh, a positive unintended consequence of COVID has just been uh, uh, the ability and the frequency of making connections, you know, through the internet and various websites. And, uh, you know, you and I have got connected through the NIAAA's uh, website. Uh, and so it's, it's great to have you on the program. It's great to be here. I've been patiently waiting my turn. <laughs> well, let's go and get started. Uh, as you know, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and maybe how your love of sports led to a career in athletic administration. Well, I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, about, uh, about four miles from where I work today. Um, and I, uh, I actually went to Edison High School, which is on the other side of the tracks of Alexandria, so they say. Um, I played a little basketball. Uh, after, after high school, I went to George Mason University, right down the street from where I grew up. Uh, college so nice, I went there twice uh, for my undergraduate in mathematics and my uh, graduate work in education leadership. Um, I was a gym rat once I got into high school. I, was, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't the most sports related person growing up until I got into it. And a buddy of mine coaxed me to try out for the freshman basketball team. And uh, as a 5'10", 5'11", freshman, uh, I was more than welcome on the team. And then I fell in love with the game. And so I've started playing. I was playing every day from the time I was 14 until I probably about 25-ish. Um, so I, I stayed local, stayed local for college, and uh, I still kept in uh, contact with the high school program. And uh, we had a change, they had a change in coaching staff, and the, the uh, person who was my JV basketball coach ended up getting the varsity job. And uh, I had stayed connected with him, and he offered me my first coaching position at uh, 19 years old. Uh, you know, I was, I was the JV assistant coach, and it was the best uh, 750 bucks I ever made in my life. Absolutely. Uh, 
And then uh, from there, uh, that kept me in a coaching career that lasted about 20 years before I uh, went over to the dark side of athletic administration. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, I've heard that term used, uh, you know, more than once. Um, let's go and talk about that transition going from, you know, coach of your own program to now the coach of coaches. Uh, how did you feel uh, that went? Um, and, and again, you know, was that a decision that you made? Uh, was it, uh, you know, dropped on you? You know, hey, Jim, guess what? You're going to be the AD. Uh, you know, talk about that transition. Uh, well, you know, the only way to make any extra money in, in, uh, in education is to get more education. So it was time to, uh, I, I got a bachelor's degree in math. And so I said, well, I need to get a master's degree. And so either, you know, you have your opportunities to do master's in education, uh, you know, technology, the education board, but I decided I wanted to do education leadership because it opened up more, more doors. So I went into, I went into the program thinking, oh, I could be an, you know, an athletic director. And, uh, and, and, you know, as you get into, a, into an education leadership program, they tell you all the things that the athletic director has to do. And it's more and more, and we'll probably talk about that later, how the job has changed so much in the last 20 years. Uh, so I was like, well, forget that. I, I want to be an AP. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be an assistant principal. But as I went through the, uh, the internship program, you know, I, I was drawn more and more back to athletics. Um, it just uh, athletics is you know you get to see the kids in their best light every day, as opposed to you know, our colleagues, the assistant principal, that you know don't necessarily get to see the best of each kid every day. And uh, so after I finished my uh, program, uh, you know I was in a crossroads of what to do, and one of my professors at uh, at George Mason was also a principal at a neighboring school. He said, "Well, why don't you come over?" Uh, you know, to, to my school, you still teach some math, but you can also work in our uh, activities department because the, the director of student activities is in charge of the math department. So I think that'd be a good, good match. And so over the, uh, the course of now uh, almost 10 years, even more than that, uh, you know, you could see that it, I, what I was doing was already, you know, coaching the coaches with my own program, but now I just do it at a bigger scale. No, absolutely. Uh, I just, I'm always fascinated about the paths and journeys that, uh, you know, bring us to where we're at now. Uh, you touched a little bit on it. So um, let's go and talk about, uh, you know, mentoring in our business and our profession. You know, we always talk about the importance of leadership and, and mentoring that next generation. So Share uh, some of your mentors, uh, maybe teachers or coaches you had growing up or people that you've worked with or worked for. Uh, the expression I always like to use is I still hear those voices in my head uh, when I'm talking to a coach or a kid or sometimes a parent. So whose voice do you still hear? Uh, you know, the voice started from when I was very young. I'm, my grandfather was my first one, was my biggest mentor. Uh, you know, I was raised primarily by my grandparents, and uh, my grandfather taught me the benefits of work ethic, uh, family, and uh, keeping to your word. And uh, you know, I to miss him very much to this day, but he has been a, a great impact in my life. And then I've been lucky enough throughout the way, whichever path that I've chosen, I've also had great uh, mentors of that. When I, when I was discovering what it is to be a teacher, I had. Uh, two great math teachers, Mike Lenowitz and Andy Blunt. Andy Blunt is, uh, you know, he was a uh, 
great softball coach at Edison High School. He was there for over 20 years. I named the field after him. So I got the chance to see really for the first time the teacher coach aspect, how that blended. Um, you know, and then as I as I got into coaching, you know, first was uh, Paul Downey, the first basketball coach I worked with who got me into the business. And, uh, you know, and then I had a, had a great opportunity to work with a lot of different uh, people with Gary Hall, who was at uh, Herndon High School. And, uh, you know, we had some great teams there. We had some great Division One athletes. And then, uh, you know, I ended my career working with uh, Steve Douglas, who was a great, great basketball mind, a second generation coach who, uh, who taught me a lot of the game and the, and the interactions with the, with the players. Now, as I transitioned over to athletic administration, I was lucky enough to work with some great people from the VIAAA. Uh, Jerry Carter, was the, who was a former president of the VIAAA, was my internship uh, uh, coordinator at the high school. So he was a, I was able to you know, pick his ear a lot and that actually got me into the VIAAA, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. And, but then as I left Jerry and moved on to uh, other schools, you know, the DSAs, the director of student activities I work with have had a profound impact in my life. Uh, Pat Full, Greg Dombrowski, and uh, James Parker and Burke Stoy, they've all, I mean, all those guys have added many layers to my uh, toolbox. Uh, I, I just, again, I just love to hear the stories and, uh, you know, those individuals that were involved. It's a great reminder for all of us that we didn't get here by ourselves. Um, you, you, you touched on it, and again, perfect transition. Um, you know, we have a lot of younger ADs that listen to the podcast, and uh, I think it's important for them to uh, understand the journey that we take. So take us on that journey of you getting involved with uh, your state association, the VIAAA, um, talking about leadership training courses, and, uh, and up to your CMA project. You know, how did that journey play out? Uh, you know, as I, I said, when I got into uh, I wanted got into an education leadership and administrative program, and you know, with talking with uh, Jerry, he said, well, you know, the VIAAA is you know our state uh, athletic administration association, and they offer all these courses and certifications for athletic administrators or even you know people that are interested in it. So I was like, sign me up, and. Uh, and so then that's when I, you know, you take 501 and 502, those basic ones, and then, you know, your head explodes. It's like, oh my goodness, there's so much more. I mean, I, I can't believe I've coached for almost 20 years and gotten away with some of this stuff. Uh, but, you know, there, I, you know, it captured the fire in me too, with this lifelong learner in me that it's the most authentic uh, education, the most authentic experiences that you can get. Because, uh, you know, most places, you know, there's one, two, maybe three people working in your athletic office in, in your school, as opposed to 20, 30, 40, 50 teachers. And, you know, the administration can't give you enough, enough or the most authentic uh, professional development. And that's what everybody, I mean, that's the great thing about the NIAAA and the VIAAA is that they give you those authentic stories and how you know, those, those things that you need to get better. You know, so like you get your RAA, you're, you know, and then I started, I moved on to a whole new school system. And, you know, the, uh, my director of student activities, he had his uh, CAA and I'm like, okay, I've heard of that. And then, you know, he, uh, luckily, you know, we're in a pretty more affluent uh, school district and he was able to uh, pay for 
the school the school was able to pay for these classes that I, you know I would love to take I take two every quarter you know whatever we can whatever I could get my hands on going to that it wasn't a repeat and you know and so you know I've taken classes here or there and that uh, you know that led to this pandemic you know I'm at home you know we at TC Williams we shut down I mean we we have no contact with with the athletes and it's so well what can I do to to better myself, what can I do to better the department? And it's like, well, let's get down and do this CMAA project. And, uh, you know, I, I titled mine, hitting the reset button, changing the fan experience at TC Williams. And so it encapsulated everything I had done in the year and a half that I'd been at TC to better, to better the fan experience. Most of which is through the technology. I'm kind of the technology buff, you know, how do I, you know, how can I, how can I make things easier on me by using the technology? You know, some of our, uh, some of our colleagues are a little bit hesitant to go into something that, uh, that's different, but you know, I'm full speed ahead. And so, I mean, I, I had a 75 slide PowerPoint and, and, and every, everything. I think that people were, where uh, the committee was a little bit uh, overwhelmed with the amount of stuff I put in there. If I had to do again, I'd, I'd pare it down a little bit, but you know, I, I wanted to share just everything I've done. And uh, you know, that's, but it was just so much, and I, you know, and I've, I've now I've embraced this technology. Uh, I was I was going to ask you, um, you know, I, I just rolled off of the National Certification Committee after about 10 years, and I was going to ask, you know, did you do the written project or the oral presentation? Sounds like you did the oral. Uh, and, uh, you know, sounds like a wonderful project and a great reminder to our listeners that you don't have to uh, invent something brand new uh, to be a CMA project. I guarantee that you're doing something right now at your school. Maybe it's with kids or coaches or facilities. You're doing something right now that would make a great CMA project. So uh, I encourage you all to follow up on that. And Jim, congratulations on uh, attaining that uh, level. I always like to say that less than 4% of all athletic directors across the United States have earned their CMAA. So that's put you in a quite uh, an elite group. You talked a little bit about uh, your situation there at TC Williams. So let's go and jump into the COVID discussion. Um, you know, we're coming up on one year uh, about um, of COVID's impact uh, to our listeners. We're recording this on February 18th. Uh, and one thing we've seen is that there has not been a, uh, uh, a standard response. You know, some states have shut down completely. Others have gone business as usual. Uh, other states have gone hybrid, both with sports and with academics. So, Jim, uh, share with our listeners what's happening in Virginia, what's happening at TC Williams right now as far as return to school and return to play. Yeah, we all shut, and just like everybody else, we all shut down right around March 13th. Uh, we went out and, uh, and we weren't going to come back until our superintendent was satisfied with the metrics are good. And uh, so we've been 100% virtual. We couldn't, uh, we couldn't even get in and meet with our athletes to do conditioning, anything. Uh, we were, we were, you know, stay home, stay safe. Uh, and so that lasted, you know, that lasted until, I mean, up until about three weeks ago. Um, for athletics, we weren't able to do anything with our athletes. We, we our coaches. Our coaches went in and they, they were flourishing. They were meeting with, meeting with their players, teaching them the game, you know, X's and O's wise and giving them all the, 
resources they need to maintain their shape and their uh, conditioning. But you know, we weren't able to uh, we weren't able to meet. And uh, you know, in Virginia, we condensed our three seasons and didn't start them until December. And uh, in the city of Alexandria and TC Williams, we decided that we weren't going to participate in that first season, that winter, the traditional winter season, basketball, wrestling, indoor track, gymnastics, uh, cheer. We decided we weren't going to do that. I mean, that was that was a tough decision, but uh, uh, we had to do what was best for our community. But it wasn't until about three weeks ago that the whole um, paradigm shifted and the, the numbers are going down. And so our superintendent said, well, you know, we're getting close to that fall season. Uh, why don't you guys uh, participate? You guys get, you got the green light. And so, you know, our office scrambled to get everything together, get the COVID procedures, get the screeners, get the, you know, the health department on board with some of the things that we were doing. And, uh, you know, and less than a week later, we were out, we had 55 athletes for football. And then this past week, we just started the rest of our fall sports. Uh, you know, academically, we're still 100% virtual. We won't be going back into uh, the classroom for another two, maybe three weeks. And then we'll start, be do we'll start doing the uh, hybrid learning, half, you know, half our kids on two days and then the other half on another two days of the kids that want to return. And so right now it's about less than half want to return. So it's, uh, you know, God bless our teachers for working hard to get ready. I mean, everything has changed over the last year. I, you know, the, the whole education system has taken a 180 degree turn. Yeah, well, I guess congratulations for, you know, getting the sports back. Um, I'm not trying to put you on the spot so you don't have to answer this question if it's just too, uh, uh, sketchy, but I'm always curious for the states that, you know, did not uh, reopen, let's say, from a sports standpoint, was there a, a rationale, some specifics as to, you know, why, you know, you're not going to open, you know, when, and again, this is me talking, mm -hmm. uh, so many other states are, are playing without incident, um, <laughs> you know, is that, a, is that a frustration for you guys? And again, I'm not trying to jam you up here. Of course it is, because we, you know, our neighbors, our neighbors all around us, every pretty much everyone in Northern Virginia was doing stuff. They were doing conditioning. They were playing in the winter season. And, you know, here's T.C. Williams holding out. But, you know, to our superintendent's credit and, and the math, uh, the mathematician in me, you know, we had, you know, strict criteria of what we needed to do to be open. The, the, the exposure rate needed to be this and the, the, the rate, I mean, the criteria was given from the beginning and, you know, it sucks that we didn't get it. We didn't meet it until now, but, you know, we, I, I have to support hundred percent the superintendent's decision. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Um, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is share uh, this idea of best practices and, um, you know, you obviously you've been a you know, very successful athletic administrator. So I'm going to give you a chance to brag. What are a couple of things that when you look at your program at TC Williams, you know, whether it's kids or coaches or, or whatever, uh, that you can look at that and say with equal parts, uh, pride and humility, boy, we do this better than anybody. You know, we really do a great job with this. What are a couple of best practices you can share? As I said, I'm a technology guy and, you know, and I think 
what we've done in the last uh, two years at TC is really embrace the technology and uh, we, we've really pushed it out. I mean, I over, over this pandemic, I started putting out little video vlogs or podcasts as I call them, cheap plug to the TC athletic podcast in the corner. Um, but just to, you know, we getting that information out there in, in, a, in a way, in a manner that the student athlete would, would like it as opposed to, you know, just a blanket email, nobody reads an email, less and less people read emails unless you're an administrator now these days. Uh, so that was one of the things we did. And, you know, and I think we used the technology to help communicate and, and, and uh, communication is such a key. I mean, we've recently uh, partnered with East Bay and from this group from now on uh, to uh, make an app, you know, an app that is our one-stop shop where it has our schedules, our rosters, uh, all of our COVID information, and it, and it's and we're uh, our uh, and all our ancillary apps where we're like our ticketing, our concessions, you know, all the stuff you can do online because nobody carries cash anymore, so it all has to stay. You know, we'll just all link it all to your card and pay from your phone. But uh, the app is uh, one of the biggest features of it now is uh, notifications. We can send notifications out like a. You know, uh, you know, our team's on pause. You know, let's send out, uh, let's send out a notification telling everybody, don't come to the game tonight. There is no game. And uh, you know, we've, we've, as I said, we, we've found a way to incorporate all this technology, and then now we found a place, found a means to put it all together in one place. Yeah, I was uh, going to comment on your uh, background there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's certainly a demonstration of September some technology skills. I'm just the opposite. I'm not a tech guy, but what I share with people is if I can put together a podcast like this, which has been fairly successful, mm -hmm. you can do that at your school and feature your kids, your coaches, your community. And so I encourage them just like you do to embrace technology. That's great. Okay. Um, Jim, another question that we've been asking our athletic directors has to do uh, with the theme of, you know, social um, awareness, social justice, if you will. And, and my question has been this, um, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? What are some things that we can do better uh, in this area of social awareness, you know, with our kids, with our community? You know, um, got any ideas? I'm lucky enough that my wife is a school social worker, so I'm able to uh, I'm I'm able to pull a lot of ideas and a lot of uh, to hear her uh, her ideas on everything. Uh, you know, part of my my big mission is inclusion, is inclusion. I, I mean, I, I T C Williams is one of the most it's the biggest uh, high school and largest high school in the state of Virginia, and it's also one of the most diverse. We had last I checked, we had about 72 different uh, countries and, you know, a multitude of languages spoken. And, uh, you know, my big thing is I want inclusion. And, uh, and so that's, uh, that's, I push our coaches to get out and publicize their programs to not just, you know, the normal, uh, the, the normal avenues. So get in, you know, I mean, in a, in a, ideal situation when we're in the building, go up to, we have a whole floor, what we call the International Academy, is, uh, you know, 1,200 English language learners, you know, just wanting to be involved with the school, but not, maybe not necessarily knowing how through, uh, you know, either culturally or it's just new. And so I, I push our coaches to go and try to pull them in. 
So, I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, inclusion and max participation. I, I also challenge our coaches not to just keep the bare minimum. If you got, you know, not eight cheerleaders, keep 14 basketball players, push yourself as a coach to keep uh, everybody in, included. That's some great ideas. And as you mentioned, you got a great resource there to work with. Okay. Um, let's go and lighten things up a little bit. Um, I always ask the ADs, you know, what's your favorite part or parts of the job? Uh, you know, what gets you excited about coming to TC Williams every day? Well, the greatest thing is every day is different. It's never, you know, when you're a teacher, you wait, you, you get to the school, the warning bell rings, you teach a class, you get a planning period, you teach another class, you know, then you stay after and then you go home and just rinse and repeat for every other day for 180 days. But being in athletics, every day is different. You know, you come in there with a handful of things on your agenda to do for the day. And then by the time lunchtime comes, you've been working hard, but yet you haven't got to those six things, which is, you know, can be terrifying for a list completer, but you know, it's, uh, you gotta, I, I love it. Every day is a new, new challenge and it's, it's never the same. You know, if you got some days are longer, of course you're covering a game, but every game is different. It, it's, uh, it's the greatest thing is that not no two days are ever alike. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, we've shared that many times about having your list. Uh, I'm going to get these three things done by uh, lunchtime and, uh, you know, it's four o'clock and you haven't even started on the list. Uh, yeah. And, and that is, that's definitely a great thing about our, uh, about our position. Um, I got to ask you uh, the question uh, for our listeners. If you don't know, T.C. Williams, you know, uh, famous school, made famous uh, in the Denzel Washington movie, Remember the Titans. Do you have a, do you have a, a Remember the Titans story you can share with our listeners? Uh, uh, unfortunately, no. I mean, well, yes and no. Uh, um, I grew up, as I said, I grew up on the other side of Alexandria in the Fairfax County side, as opposed to the city of Alexandria. So growing up, TC was one of our biggest rivals. And so it's always, you know, you go over there, not hate, but you always wanted to beat those guys. We're going to beat TC. Uh, and, uh, and now being on the other side, I just want to beat everybody else. So, uh, you know, we are, this week is, uh, is a big week for T.C. Williams in itself, we're going to be, uh, we're voting on changing the name of the school. And, uh, you know, our community is uh, putting in their input for the second round of voting. And, you know, hopefully in, uh, in a few weeks, we'll be able to announce a brand new name for T.C. Williams. But I, um, we, the Titans will always be remembered and uh, we're going to keep the Titans name, knock on wood. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, again, great story. Um, you know, I know, you know, Hollywood took a, a couple of liberties with it, but, uh, uh, again, that must be very cool to be a part of that. Well, Jim, it's been great connecting, uh, you know, I, I guess sort of kind of face to face, uh, mm -hmm. after, you know, trading emails for several months, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. So I'm going to challenge you right now to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three things are going to go in your athletic director toolbox? Uh, well, the first thing I'd have to tell them is authentic communication is that uh, many times is you're, if you're new, you're a new administrator, you're new to a job, you get all this information and you want to keep it to yourself. You almost, it's almost um, a power trip. 
you know, we're gonna keep all the power here. It, it cannot be farther from the truth. Be sure to give as much information, communicate as much as you can with as many people as possible to keep everybody in the loop and on the same page. Now, the second thing is, you know, you have to be, it's almost a mindset. You have to be willing to try new things. The five, the five uh, words worst in the English language is we've always done it. We've always done it. So you have to try new things. Even, you know, a lot of times it's going to fail. I mean, there's no doubt, but you have to be willing to try because that one time it works, it's going to, it's going to be great. And, uh, and finally, the last thing is you have to be visible. Uh, you know, more and more, you know, when, when I started coaching 20, you know, 20 some odd years ago, almost 25 years ago, you know, the, the athletic director had just athletics on, on their plate. And now more and more, even, even today in, in, in Northern Virginia, you know, we're, no, there's not many, not a lot of athletic directors left or they're director of student activities. So they, we encompass clubs and all sorts of, you know, everything, the building, custodians, academic resources, but all of that, no matter how much they put on you, you need to be visible. People need to know who you are. Even if it, you know, you're gonna have to be the, your program's biggest cheerleader on the sideline, uh, on the morning announcements, wherever you need to be, it's just be visible. Because it's really easy just to stay in your office and put out fires all day, but you know, be out there and be the be the leader, the coaches of the coach, the coach of the coaches, as you love to say. Oh, I love that last one. And sometimes, you know, if you get out of your office, uh, you won't have those fires put out because you've already dealt with it. Uh, reminds me of what the sportscasters love to say now about the the greatest ability for an athlete is availability, you know, that they're healthy and they keep playing. And uh, I think you touch on that with uh, that visibility, you know, being there, being present at the events. Great stuff. Jim Harris, uh, CMAA, TC Williams High School. Jim, if one of our listeners uh, wants to reach out and get in touch, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, you can uh, you can email me. It's really uh, james.harris at acps.k12.va.us. Or you can follow me on uh, Twitter. It's TCW uh, CSA. I got that at TCW CSA, and uh, I'm always willing to answer questions, help out in any any way possible for old old ads, young ads, <laughs> aspiring ads. We've all been there. I'll help anybody. Okay. And for those of you who have not been on the uh, NIAAA's um, you know website. Uh, you need to check it out. Jim's a frequent uh, contributor to that. Um, always has some good stuff to share. Um, to our listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. Remember, the Zoom recordings of these podcasts are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel. And uh, until we see you again, thanks for tuning in to the Educational AD Podcast.